Hey, and welcome to the Stories Unveiled podcast, where we talk about the purpose in every story and how to live in freedom from your past. I'm your host, Ashley Sears, and each episode, you're invited into a conversation about real life between me and a friend. I believe if an issue is addressed in the Bible, then it's important to create a safe and supportive space to discuss it. While some of these conversations are not easy, I do believe they are worth it. If you like what you hear, please visit our ministry at storiesunveiledconference.com. Thank you for joining today. You're listening to episode seven of the Stories Unveiled podcast. My name is Ashley Sears, and I am happy to be here with you. This episode, my friend Rose Least joined me in the studio. Rose's story is hard, plain and simple, and may require sensitive ears. I do encourage you to lean in though, and join us for a tough conversation about trauma, grief, and the beauty that can still be found in all of the brokenness. Rose is a resilient young woman. She was married at the age of 18 years old. She and her husband have four gorgeous children between the ages of eight and 18, and she is passionate about helping women find freedom in Christ. Take a listen to this episode. I hope it blesses you. Rose, thank you so much for being here today. I just want to acknowledge the heaviness of this story before we dive in, but I do appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited. Um, we're going to ease in just a little bit. And I just want to first start, Rose, by asking you, tell me a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up and what you and your family are doing now. Yeah, um, I was born and raised in South Lake Tahoe, um, California. I grew up with my little sister. We were really close, um, about three years apart. Mm. Um, currently, I'm a stay-at-home mom. We have four beautiful kids. I just We just graduated our oldest last summer, okay. so that's been like an odd thing to navigate, having um, a graduate, a, a graduate just out of the house, yeah. you know, someone that's that's gone through that. Um, you homeschool too, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Teach all the littles at home. And uh, my husband currently is an associate pastor mm-hmm. um, at a church and where he leads the contemporary worship side of things. So a lot of just day-to-day life is just walking alongside him in that, mm-hmm. you know, partnering in ministry. What does that look like? Um for families and, you know, people that we go to church with. Yeah. So his support and I'm sure you probably help around the church and ministry and do yeah. do stuff like that too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Um now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kinda back up and we're gonna start a little bit early on in your life. As a young teenager, your parents went through a divorce. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that divorce resulted in a move. Mm-hmm. leaving Lake Tahoe. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yep. And so you moved and um, at about the age of 14, when you were in high school, something happened. That's kind of where we'll start. So will you just tell me about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we moved and um, during that time, it was kind of crazy for my mom and sister and I just uh, finding an apartment, mm. you know, to live in, just kind of being um, displaced from that that home life and family unit of like a dad and a mom, yeah. you know, and the kids, yeah. really. Um, so my mom was um, working a lot, 
you know, trying to provide and navigate through, um, those, those provisional things that it takes to sustain two kids on your own. Yeah. As a single mom. Um, and yeah. So, um, I mean, there's, there's no easy way to really go into this. It just, it's looking back on it. Um, it, it is hard for me. Um, but it is a part of my story, right? You know, it just, it's just there. Um, so at around the age of 15, um, I was sexually assaulted and that event, um, caused an investigation, Mm -hmm. um, with the law. Yeah. And during that process, um, there were those that were just kind of close into my life, uh, really decided to pull back on following through Mm -hmm. with the legal aspect of, um, of what that meant. And the decision to pull back, back looking you know at it now I think really um just created and planted a seed within me almost to where it it just caused me to feel like there's nothing worth fighting for Mm. you know it this this something um really tragic had just taken place and and ultimately something was taken away from me that I am never have never been able to gain back so you were assaulted and Mm -hmm. proceedings legal proceedings should have should -hmm. have happened in your family or parts of your family um if i'm understanding this correctly they decided not to really follow through with legal charges Mm -hmm. and um did you feel like maybe you weren't being protected oh yeah a hundred percent i mean the facts were there the evidence was clear um so many things that that really could have just shut down that whole, mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, Given closure, even though you can't really have closure, but to at least have justice for what happened. Yeah. And I think feeling like somebody's fighting in your corner, Yeah, you know, that it, it was hard and it sucked. Um, but that it was worth following through mm-hmm. with because, because I mattered, Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so where did that, where did that leave you after that happened? Um, you know, what, what kind of happened next? Like you didn't feel like anybody was fighting for you. There was nobody in your corner. You had suffered this. I'm sh- there, I mean, there's trauma with that. There's mm-hmm. both physical, emotional, mental trauma like where Mm. where did that leave you how other than maybe having nobody support you or fighting in your corner did you isolate did you um like what was your relationship with your family at this point yeah I mean uh it was dark Mm. it just there was I, I remember um going back to some high school classes after it had taken place, um, I mean, and and not knowing exactly why I was fully different, but, like, 
there was a hospitalization there that occurred and mm. um, there was a lot of medication that was prescribed yeah. by doctors, a lot of antidepressants. I mean, maybe four or five. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember using the phrase that people, people will say or think that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, but for me, there was just no electricity in um, my tunnel. It was forever dark. And, uh, and there, there wasn't anything other than that darkness for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was awful. So you were just left there. What was your relationship with the Lord at that point? Did you have one? Yeah, I knew of him. Yeah. Um, I knew he was God hmm. and good and great. Um, but I didn't feel any of that. Okay. And I didn't have that sense um in my life. I had nothing tangible to hold on to to be like, okay, this is why my God is good. This is why my God is great. Hmm. Um because there was just so much darkness and hurting that I think it it layered over almost in like like a really thick fog when you're mm-hmm. driving like there's just so much there you can't even see that you're that you're driving on that road you yeah. know there was no it was hard no to clarity see past that the evidence that God is real and there mm-hmm. and for you not against you yeah so um that wasn't the, that was the first time, but that wasn't the only time that mm-hmm. something like that had happened. Am I mm-hmm. correct? So tell me what happened next. How old, how old were you and what happened? Yeah. So, um, I was 15. Okay. And was uh, this the same year or was it within about a year? Uh, probably a year. I, I, yeah, it was within within around the same time. Yeah. Um a few months had passed. Okay. Maybe other than that that's really Okay. Really all the memory I have. Um but I was assaulted again for a second time. Um with that assault, I stayed silent. Mm. I didn't tell Well, of course, because you I didn't, didn't tell feel anyone supported in the first one, right? You didn't mm-hmm. feel, I mean, was that your, was that your mentality mm-hmm. behind it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it almost, it almost took me out because yeah. there wasn't like a reason as to why it was happening. Like I didn't feel like I was seeking this out or I was, it was random. Yeah, just just such an just an outplace type of event. Um, to me, the first assault was horrific, mm-hmm. and the second time was like, "Is this what I'm here for?" Yeah, you know, is this is this um, is this my life? And. Um, yeah, I, I just stayed silent for for so many years. Even my now husband um, didn't know for 
for a while, just kind of the events that took place um, surrounding that. And, uh, and my second assault, um, resulted in a pregnancy. So I found out two weeks before my 16th birthday that I was pregnant. And due to the circumstance, you don't know who the father is or? No. So, um, no. So, um, with that second assault, there were two adult males involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no, you were ambushed. Just, yeah. 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 That's so hard. You had a choice in mm-hmm. the matter. You mm-hmm. stayed silent and it resulted in a pregnancy right before your 16th, before you said your 16th mm-hmm. birthday. Yeah. A few weeks. And because I have met your son, mm-hmm. you, yeah, <laughs> he's wonderful. The greatest. <laughs> he is. Um, you chose life. Mm-hmm. You chose to keep, you chose to keep him. What, what was that like? What was your thought process? What were you thinking and feeling when you found out when you, you were pregnant? How did you tell your mom or your family? Like what, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so it really, it just, I'm taken back by what happened when I found out Mm -hmm. and the steps that were taken afterwards I almost and I I know now but feeling in the moment like I was being carried Mm. you know because prior to finding out um I was pregnant again I was super medicated yeah um still in counseling you know, not in a good place. You're still, still healing in, and recovering from what oh, happened to you prior. Yeah, that and, you know, trying to be a part of life with just my mom and support her as she's trying to navigate a new location mm-hmm. in life without my sister. dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, I was really numb mm. to so much around me that when I think about it now, I'm just like, how how did I have the strength to say, okay, let's carry through with this pregnancy. Yeah. You know, let's carry to term. Let's deliver this, um, baby. Let's, let's raise this, but you know, like I didn't even, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I have a 15 year old now and I am like, can you imagine? You're my baby. Yes. You know, brush your teeth. Like that's where I'm at with him. It's like reminding (laughs) the basics, not like, is he equipped to help sustain a life? And, um, and so honestly is, is just, and was totally by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a really good supportive, um, people in my life. I had a, a, a really cool gentleman um, who was like my sixth grade period, like catch up class. I don't even know what you call it, but oh. where like you do all your homework. Yeah. And okay. Stuff. So yeah, like a study hall or yes, okay. yeah. 
and I would come into um, his class and and I would just sleep in the back. Mm. And, you know, he he just let you sleep. He picked up on that. Yeah, yeah, he let me sleep. But I think he also picked up on that. And I don't recall the conversation around um, what had had kind of transpired. But I remember him telling me um, at the time I was going to a regular high school and I remember him telling me, you know, we're going to go on a drive and I'm going to show you something. And he brought me, um, he brought me to Jamba Juice. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty, pretty sweet. Um, and then he brought me to a school for young teen moms, Mm. um, and where others, you know, that were in my age group and trying to finish high school, um, were pregnant where they could bring their babies and kind of raise them. Um, it was people like you. It, yeah. It was a community that understood. Yeah. You. Yeah. I mean, because face it, high school is y- rough. Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> and then when you get this like belly in high school, <laughs> you know, and I, there wasn't anything. And I don't know if that would have made it easier if I was like in a relationship and you right. know, got pregnant that way. Um, but again, like I said earlier, it took me over 10 years to share with my now husband yeah. um, the details around some of those events that took place. And so there wasn't really anything to share. And so I think it just, it magnified the internal shame of mm. why is this happening? What's wrong with me? Um, and really continue to just create that heaviness yeah. within me. Something you said just earlier about when it happened, when the, when a, the second assault happened, you were thinking like, again, like, is this my, like, is this my life? Is this me? Is this my purpose or what I'm here for? Mm-hmm. You, you said something like that. Is this what I'm here for? Yeah. And, um, just fast forwarding, knowing who you are right now today, not knowing you back then, mm-hmm. it's so much clearer what your purpose is that obviously that was never your purpose. It's just mm-hmm. because of terrible things that happen, but like how much of a blessing you are to people mm-hmm. um, and to, in my opinion, everybody that you meet that God was able to redeem that mm-hmm. just kind of fast forwarding a little, but just something that you said struck me. Yeah. Um, you chose to keep your son and now you're a teen mom mm-hmm. at this point. And mm-hmm. you are, um, like you said, your teacher had taken you to this school that really turned out to be a blessing, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about around the time, I think you said your son was, was he two-ish? Um, or no, was he young? Yeah, like 18 months. 18 months, so okay, one or that? two. Like, yeah. Yeah. So he, he was <laughs> like, one backwards. <laughs> so he was like one or two. He was somewhere in there. Yeah, and little. you were getting ready. So you'd given birth and mm-hmm. you're still single. I mean, obviously you're a teenager, you're finishing high school. Yeah. And um, you're still in high school mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. And you are about ready to kind of embark on a road trip, right? Yep. You and your son and your little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. And you're exactly right. Like for me, there was no question with the pregnancy just carried through, you know, delivered him mm-hmm. um, at and the you hospital kept him. You didn't. and kept him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just tried to navigate through, you know, my parents were trying to reconcile mm-hmm. and I, I had this, um, this baby and, and I still was a baby. There's so many things that 
I look back on that really emphasize, you know, um, where I was at in my own life and how he was raised. Um, but enough to where I just prioritized, like, and I think that's probably what almost the Lord used in a sense was how left alone and forgotten I felt Mm. that I knew that I never wanted anyone close to me to feel that way. Does that make sense? Like they're worth fighting for. There were, you know, there's so many sacrifices and adjustments, but it was like, it just is what it is. Like we're stopping all the medication. We're, we're having this, um, this baby, we as in me, yeah, um, <laughs> you and your mom and your sister, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so speaking to my sister, we I was seventeen at the time, so David was almost two, um, and we took our first road trip, um, and uh, yeah, it it resulted in in a horrible accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a rollover. You were driving. And yep. So I was driving. Um, we went to go around a bend uh, in Oregon mm-hmm. and um, the brakes on the vehicle had stuck. And so there was no ability to navigate that turn. Mm. There's no ability to slow down whatsoever. And so um as the car accelerated um, around that turn, it ended up hitting a side of the highway. Um, it lost control, and um, and we just rolled um, like close to two football field yards of mm. rolling in this car. Um, and I've been through that stretch of highway that you were talking about Yeah, between Nevada and Boise and there's nothing out there. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a cross for my sister. (laughs) Yeah. So, so tell me about um, that. You rolled over and your sister was in the passenger seat. Yeah. So she had been, um, resting in the passenger seat. David was in the back in his car seat And, uh, when, as the vehicle was flipping, um, she was ejected Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter. Um, and, uh, you're right. There is, there is nothing in that stretch of highway from Nevada to Boise. And there, there isn't even cell service. No, there is not. Um, so our accident happened early in the morning. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was no, um, no ability for those that had witnessed the accident to get a hold of any type of emergency service, 911. Um, there was just no connection. And so it was a passer by that had had like an OnStar in their vehicle that had ended up calling that in for us. Um, so they sent out care flight and, uh, an ambulance, um, David and I were still in the car after all the rolling had taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but shortly after, and I think, um, 
I've gone back and I've read the report. So there's there's two sets of trauma. There's like trauma from experiencing it. Yeah. And then there's trauma from reading. Yeah. Um, Reliving it and what happened mm-hmm. and like how far did the car roll and um all the windows were broken and you know, just Maybe um, even conflicting like memories too of like yeah. I remember what happened, but do I? And then you read it and mm-hmm. so you're filling in gaps of facts and memory. Yeah. Yeah. So difficult. Um And so shortly after um, emergency services got there, my sister uh, was pronounced dead Mm. um, at 14. I'm so sorry, Rose. (sighs) Thanks. Yeah. There's really not a lot to say you know, losing somebody like that, that's so close. Um, or even in that type of a situation, um, has been difficult for so many reasons. Right. You know, I mean, now as a mom, when I leave my eggs in the car and they go bad, like I feel the weight of the responsibility. (laughs) Like I left my eggs in the car and they (laughs) expired, but you know, to lose, um, she was my only sibling and to have that, um, that loss, uh, probably like didn't fully destroy me, but it was like a solid 98% of just, um, and, and that even took me a while. So because of the nature of the accident and, and how bad it was, um, the injuries that I sustained Mm -hmm. were just, were just terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty wrecked. Yeah. Wow. Um, you've just had tragedy after heartbreak and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, what's so amazing though, is that your love for Jesus with your whole heart is contagious. And instead mm-hmm. of blaming him for, your situations for the, just the things that you've endured. I've literally watched you praise him, um, for all the things that he's brought you through. How do you do that? Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's day by day Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's moment by moment. Um, for me, I would say, if I was alive and breathing, there, there was hope, mm-hmm. you know, there was, um, I remember laying in the hospital and just from sustained injuries and contusions and, um, I'm fractured my neck, a lot of brain swelling. Um, I remember waking up and I, I couldn't see images I could only see silhouettes of people. Um, and and in those moments, it's not it's not even about like, how is my life gonna look? and how am I gonna get through this? Like it's just waking up. Mm-hmm. you know, and I think that 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 for sure, um, is a huge component to just, just not giving up, you know, and, 
and staying in there and having that grit and finding finding what you can to find within yourself to keep going mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and completely in the lord you yeah. know i mean i say in myself but um it, totally sustained by the holy spirit and his direction um there were people that had brought a a like a radio and played worship mm. in my room you know i was in intensive care for 10 days yeah um my parents didn't know if they had lost both daughters right you know it wasn't it wasn't a thing to where uh my sister had passed and i i got up and walked out of the car right you were in critical condition mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and almost have been ever since yeah you know i mean it really like critical condition physically speaking like having to relearn how to walk and eat Mm -hmm. um it took me weeks to even realize Mm -hmm. what had happened and that i had lost my sister um being in a neck brace you know a cast Mm -hmm. i still have 10 screws in a plate that hold one of my wrists together you know there's just there was so much um physically but but even deeper than that, mm-hmm. you know, it hit to my core. Yeah. So kind of going off a little bit, but at what point, because you said that you knew God, um, you know, growing up that you knew he was good and great, but you didn't ever see anything tangible. At what point, um, just a kind of a, maybe a brief synopsis where God became real to you, like when you were like, I love Jesus, like regardless of these things, like, because I see you now, cause I didn't know you then. I just know your story, but mm-hmm. I see you now and man, do you love Jesus and yeah. you serve Jesus and you're raising your children that way and they love Jesus. Yeah. And it's amazing to see like, at what point, at what point were you like, okay, like God is real. Like, you know, this is a, mm-hmm. I'm going all in on this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I um I had met my now husband. Mm-hmm. Um in fact, he was one of the first ones to get to the ICU unit. Mm-hmm. Um and stayed there with me while I was in critical condition. Um and he really loved the Lord. Yeah. But shortly after um being released, sustaining the injuries and just uh, realizing what my reality was, it was initial anger, mm, you know, yeah. super mad. I totally. mean, all the bad words, <laughs> you know, in a relationship to, to just the Lord, I was mad. I felt left. I felt lost. I felt abandoned. I felt like, you know, maybe he's busy loving on everybody else, you <sighs> know, cause they have their siblings, they have yeah. their parents, they aren't pregnant, you yeah. know, raising a baby on their own. Like, it really just felt like he was he was too busy mm. for me. Um, and so I can't, I can't like, well, maybe I can. So there's a conversation I was having um, with my husband, Jason, and he was talking about the Lord, you know, and I was just not having any of it. Mm. And he had said, you know, if you continue to talk about God this way, you know, we're not going to talk. 
and like you and him yeah like the yeah two of like you have a conversation work, basically. Mm-hmm. okay yeah um and there wasn't it, it's almost hard to explain because there wasn't a relationship like i hated men mm. i hated yeah. boys I, mean, I hate like yeah so I didn't even think he was good looking. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, <laughs> you're not even lovely, um, which he knows. <laughs> Babe, I love you. <laughs> you're listening. Um, but like, there wasn't any attraction, you know, yeah. like, like, de- so I was like, great. Yeah. Don't call. You know, like, I really feel this way about the Lord. I really feel left. And he had said something that really resonates with me now. Um, And it was something along the lines of like, maybe, maybe the God you're following isn't Mm. Yahweh, like isn't true, isn't, isn't God. And, um, through that time, I mean, I couldn't move, you know, Mm -hmm. I was, I was pretty much stuck, um, to laying down, couldn't care for David. I just had a lot of moments of reflection and, it kind of created within me um, a thought process of like, maybe I'm compiling this trauma and these events and the darkness in life. And I'm, I'm creating what the Lord looks like as a result of that Mm. or like what he doesn't look like, like what he's not been because of that. And um, I started cracking open my Bible and, and just reading you know, Mm -hmm. verse by verse and, and trying to hear and see who God is in the word and in the scriptures, um, opposed to who he was to me or even who I I had, had seen him in other people's lives that had disappointed me, you know, like they were following the Lord or they were leading. Um, and then they had gotten kind of gotten pulled away or mixed up. Mm -hmm. And so, um, really, just from a complete point of desperation yeah of like i'm either i'm either done mm-hmm. like this is the end or there is there is something yeah there's more. gotta be a better way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. i look at your life and your story and it is such a testament to just redemption and while your sister isn't here she's mm-hmm. with jesus yeah and um just how God has used David. Mm -hmm. That is such an incredible story of truly light in the brokenness, a choice that you made in a really, really hard time. And and really so many people wouldn't have faulted you for choosing something different. Mm -hmm. And here he is 18, Mm -hmm. 18 and, Mm -hmm. Um, just doing amazing things mm-hmm. and graduated and has his life ahead of him and has mm-hmm. such a promised future and um, praying for him. Yeah. Uh, but it's just such a testament to look what God's done with such a terrible circumstance, but look what he created. Mm-hmm. And um, it's amazing to see. Um, yeah. I always end this conversation um, with either anything you want to add, um, but also a, a question. And I'd like to ask for the listener who has experienced deep loss and trauma, like some of the things that you've talked about today, what would you tell them? That's super loaded, um, I know, because it's hard. Yeah, but. I mean, 
we could spend mm-hmm. months on that topic. Um, summing it up. I would say in the deepest moments, the darkest moments, um, that nothing is wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're right, there's so much trauma and sadness that um, was a part of my life that I experienced. And yet that, almost crippled me in a way to where that became my foundation of wanting to seek out light Mm -hmm. and wanting to seek out truth Mm -hmm. and wanting to understand, um, who God is. And, um, and that all things work together Mm -hmm. for good for those that love him. And that almost kind of sounds like cliche, but it's so true to see, um and and worth it to see the positive and the good in the breaking and in the moments that are hard um in all aspects of our life yeah you know i think actually i think of um i think of my license plate <laughs> and um i'll tell you why so my license plate says laminin um, okay. <laughs> so you no, have like, a personalized plate. <laughs> I have a personalized plate. <laughs> it's uh, L-A-M-I-N-I-N. Okay. Um, you should Google it. Okay. <laughs> so you know what it is. But I'll also, I'll also say a quick bit on it. Um, so what it is, is it's, it's a molecular thing for I've us as humans. This. I've okay. heard of this, but go. So <laughs> it's uh, it's the cell adhesion molecule yeah. that holds us together. Yeah. It's like the foundation um, for our structure yeah. as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, Scientifically. For lack, like, yeah, for yeah. lack of a better word, it's like, it's what holds our guts together, yes. you know, on the inside. Yes. Um, and it's in the perfect shape mm-hmm. of a cross. Yeah, I've seen that. And, uh, and it reminds me of that scripture in Colossians. Um, and I, I want to say it's in chapter one where he holds us mm-hmm. together. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's not really any more grand than that. Yeah. Like it's pretty basic, um, because there have been, you know, so many moments it's, it's crazy for me because the hospital that I gave birth at, at 16 Mm -hmm. was the same hospital Mm -hmm. that I was um, fighting for my life at at 17. Wow. um, In intensive care. And the hospital is now located in the same valley where Mm -hmm. my husband and I do ministry. Wow. And I'm like, yuck. (laughs) And then I'm like... (laughs) Yuck, but but also... Then I'm like, praise God. Yeah. But praise God. Yeah. I mean, I praise God and then it's yucky. I like, I praise it with the, you know, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like, is, is living with the Lord, walking with him isn't like a place of arrival. It's not like I left my yucky and now I'm with him. So it's like great and grand and there's no struggle. And there's like, 
it doesn't hurt and it it's it's not disparaging and it's not like you know the worst ever it's it's together yeah and so um so bringing up um laminin is just it's such a reminder that he holds me together and that I can take what I'm walking through where I'm walking through it with him Mm -hmm. and we can walk through it hand in hand yeah you know it's not I need to go clean up myself and put it together before I walk with him um, or walk into church or raise my hands or surrender I can surrender walk with him raise my hands in the mess and during during all of that Yeah. Praise God. Rose, thank you so much for joining me today. I just appreciate you in this conversation and your vulnerability and just being authentic, even in the broken, really, really hard places. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us for today's conversation on the Stories Unveiled podcast. We would love it if you would leave us a rating or review. If you would like to learn more about Stories Unveiled and our events, go to storiesunveiledconference.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at storiesunveiled underscore. The Stories Unveiled podcast is created in partnership with KTSY and Barefoot Media Ministries. For more encouragement and other podcasts, visit ktsy.org. Have an incredible day and go live unveiled.